Today's episode of the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast was proudly sponsored by the Healthy Aging Summit, FitRec for Fitness Professionals, Evolt 360 and MyZone. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. Today, I'm speaking to Melanie Dos Ramiros. Melanie is the CEO of the PT Academy, also known as the Personal Training Academy. The PT Academy has a team of 25 internationally recognized presenters who are leaders in fitness education across Australia, Europe and the USA. The Personal Training Academy is the premier sponsor for the Healthy Aging Summit in Brisbane, March 27th to 29th. With over a decade in the fitness industry, the PT Academy has grown to become recognized educators of top fitness instructors globally. They offer personal training certifications and fitness instructor courses, as well as CEC accredited courses. Utilizing proven systems, science and tools, the Personal Training Academy delivers flexible, blended, online and face-to-face education in Certificate 3 and four in fitness and continuing education courses. Good afternoon, Melanie. Hello, good afternoon, Mel. And how are you? I'm excellent, thank you very much. That's great. Now, Melanie, how did I go on that surname? <laughs> so close, very close. It's Dostromedios, and uh, yeah, it's it's easy to mispronounce, so don't don't feel bad. I, I gave you 8 out of 10. Thank you so much for that. I promise I will practice for our next uh, podcast. No problem. Now, with the Healthy Aging Summit coming up in March, I thought that we would touch base on effective communication when working with the 45-plus market because obviously that's the target market for the Healthy Aging Summit. Now, um, we've got a lot of young trainers qualifying in the industry, of which some don't necessarily have the life experience skills to work with the 45 plus market. Now, I'm seeing this in my own club, and I know that you're seeing it in the industry as well. So how do we, as an industry, arm the younger generation with non-intimidating, effective listening and connection tools? Well, I guess the first thing is that we need to understand that no matter how old somebody is, uh, they're a human. (laughs) So at a very basic level, we're all humans, and there are some things that are very similar across the generations, and there are some things that are very unique. And I think one of the things that we need to do for our new trainers is, like you said, provide them with tools so that they can engage with anyone, no matter what their age is, but particularly with that older demographic, it is growing demographic, and we're seeing more and more of them working out in the gym environment and using personal trainers. So the key is for new trainers to make sure that they're very clear, there's a few keys, and one of them is for them to think about what is their intention. So before they interact with their clients, get very clear on what is the intention. If your client knows your intention is to make a sale, to get a new client, or you know just to do another session, the the older and wiser generation would pick up on that pretty quickly and be able to see that that trainer was being a little bit incongruent. So it's about starting with a clean slate and thinking about focusing on delivering an excellent experience. How am I going to be of service to this client? How can I make, make this client feel better than when they came in rather than how am I going to convert this person? How am I going to make a sale? So the intention is key. 
I think very closely following that is building rapport and trust. Now, I've been in the industry for probably over 25 years, and in and many of my roles, I was a personal training manager. And part of that was capturing feedback from the clients and how do they interact with their trainers. And over the years, the number one complaint that I had from clients wasn't about, you know, trainers showing up a bit late or picking the wrong exercises or being out of uniform. The number one complaint that I received, and I'm not sure if you're in the gym industry as well, I'm not sure if this resonates with you, but it was all about that trainer did not listen to me. So, for example, uh, you know, in the beginning, I asked for X and the trainer gave me Y. So this is a big challenge within the industry, particularly with the younger trainers who are so eager to get that information across. They miss that amazing opportunity to listen. Of course, there's different levels of listening, but it's important for a trainer to kind of reserve all judgment and try to understand their client before they kind of jump in with all that advice. So, Melanie, let's just take a step back to something that you just said. There's different levels of listening. Can you explain that? Yeah, so there there are different levels of listening. There's there's five different levels of listening. And, and the kind of most uh, prevalent level of listening within the fitness industry is that someone is listening to jump in. So, uh, so it's like, okay, so tell me about your goals. So you want to lose weight. Okay. Well, you, what will you need to do is cardio. Oh, you need to increase cardio. You need to reduce carbohydrates. So that, that level of listening is, is not empathetic listening, which is the highest level of listening, which is kind of cleaning the slate and imagining what it's like a day in the life of that client, what it really, what it is that they need and really what it is that they expect. Uh, even higher level is compassionate listening and that requires some training and that requires some experience. And I think this is the one skill that trainers would be able, if they can perfect this skill of listening, they're going to set themselves up to be very successful and have a long career. And I find of all the things that we educate our trainers on how to do the squatting technique, the functional training, self-myofascial release, everything that we teach them, this is the single skill that they are most challenged with. So what's the difference then between empathy and compassionate listening? So empathy, empathetic listening is I can imagine where you are coming from. I can relate to your situation. I can kind of put myself in your shoes. And compassionate listening is another level where you completely remove judgment at all. So you're literally just being what we call radically present with that client and holding space for them to allow their kind of fitness story to be revealed and so that they don't have that fear of being judged. So compassionate listening is about being radically present with your client. So how do I, as a club owner, try to get my personal trainers to take this on board because this is quite difficult. I, I feel personally that there's not enough education out there in the industry to teach our trainers these tools. So what do you suggest? So we provide a tool which is paramount to this. We call this the, the mother of all personal trainer tools 
and it's a program design questionnaire. And within that questionnaire, there's 25 years of neuroscience that's been embedded into that. So with some practice and some skill and some repetition, it's designed to, even the new trainer would get an excellent result in practicing this skill using these tools. So it's a, there's, there's four components to it. So there's the goal component, which is what the person wants to achieve. There's the level, so that establishes uh, where we can put the intensity, what level are they. There's motivational interviewing, which is a very powerful tool which will help them listen compassionately. And then there's also the style component. Now the style component basically explains and guides the trainer to deliver exercise based on people's likes and dislikes. And just like we have likes and likes outside of the gym, we have likes and dislikes in the gym. So for example, I don't know about you, but I hate loading the dishwasher. Let's go outside of the gym environment. Can't stand it. I'll throw all the dishes in there, close it. I'm sure that it's going to get clean. There you go. Whereas my husband, Dom, he loves it. He loves loading the dishwasher. He's very meticulous about it. He kind of enjoys that process. Now, if you ask me to load the dishwasher five times a week at 45 minutes at a moderate intensity, I'd, I'd tell you to get stopped. In fact, I would not come back to that gym environment. So if we take that into the gym setting and we say to our client, you need to do squats five days a week, for example, and your client hates squats, but you're not acknowledging that, you don't understand that, you have, don't have the tools to get that information, you're going to wonder why your attrition is so high from, of your clients. So that comes down to the exercise style. People are either a traditional mover, which means they like movement that's fixed and known, and they, they want to understand, hey, why am I doing this? What is the goal? What is the outcome? They like push-ups and lap pull-downs and deadlifts and squats. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who are what we call progressive movers. Now, a progressive mover likes adventure and challenge within their training. They don't want to know what's coming next. They want to have a little bit of fun. Let's do the TRX. Throw me on the BOSU ball. Put me in the middle of the gym floor. Let's go on an adventure. And as a trainer, if you're giving progressive movement to a traditional mover, Again, you are not meeting the client where they need to be met. You're not understanding their likes and their dislikes. So not only does this tool help trainers with effective listening, compassionate listening, but it helps them create programs that physically match and emotionally attach the exercise to the clients. And that is something that we're quite passionate about because all my years in the industry, I've seen lots of different programs, and even myself, when I started off, everybody got heavy squats. Didn't matter who you were, heavy squats, you're getting a result. I didn't understand the importance of likes and dislikes. So how do we extract that information from the client? Let's go back to absolute, like the absolute basics. How does the trainer extract that information from their client? So that is all part of the program design questionnaire, and that is part of the, the most style or movement style aspect of that, one of the four categories. So we ask questions around, do you prefer structure or do you prefer adventure? And so there's a series 
series of questions that will give the trainer an outcome which will identify whether or not that particular client is traditional, hybrid, or progressive. Now, hybrid is a mix of traditional and progressive. And then we can educate the trainer on the types of movements that it means. What is an example of a progressive move and how do we program for that? All right, so Melanie, I'm just going through some, some notes here when we talked the other day and, and we spoke about the, the stories, the story of the client and how the trainer is going to help facilitate the change for the client by listening to their story and creating an end result for them. How, how important is it to the trainer to understand the client's story, their journey, and where they want to go, especially when they're working with the, with the older market, you know, 45 plus, 55 plus? So in my years of experience in the industry and as a personal trainer, working with lots and lots of clients um, and, and lots of older clients, um, what I've identified is that most people will come to a trainer with a fitness story. And I'm sure that you've probably experienced this yourself. So, for example, I'm no good at sports. Well, tell me about that. Well, when I one time in gym class, you know, I had a PE teacher who criticized me and, you know, I've never picked up a ball since. And so that narrative, that story starts to become that client's kind of reality and they start to find things in their environment to validate that story or make it real. So maybe they avoid sports because they've told themselves already that they're bad at it. And so when they come in to meet with a trainer for the very first time, those stories are very active. It's important for, a client, for trainers to understand that if they want to create change, particularly older clients, the older we become, Unless something kind of drastically shifts for us, the more ingrained our stories become. So it's very important for that trainer to actually value that interaction and give that story space to be revealed. And again, we'll go back to what I spoke about earlier and the way that they do that is being radically present. And a lot of trainers feel that their clients are in some way broken or that their clients in some way need to be fixed. And trainers are inherently helpful people. They just want to help. They just want this person to feel better, to look better, to get the result. It's very satisfying for a trainer to see their clients getting results. But we have to be careful that we're not being so helpful that we're actually slowing down the process of allowing that client to share and reveal that story in the right environment. So the trainer's ultimate responsibility to create change, particularly for older clients, is to create the best environment for that change to take place. So Melanie, what is the best environment? Do you think so for the, the older adults? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the best environment, so the best environment for older adults is an environment that they can connect with, an environment where they feel free of judgment, an environment where they feel safe, an environment where they can have enjoyment as well as a sense of accomplishment. So the trainer needs tools in order to create create that environment. And the tools that they can use are examples of the program design questionnaire. 
Another great tool for that environment is called the Kaizen 6, which is a feedback tool. And I just want to share a story with you, if it's okay. Absolutely. Um, so my mother-in-law is currently 78, 79 years old. She's been working with a trainer since 2002, which is when we first uh, moved back to Australia from, from New York, from gyms we were working at there. And she's had a trainer pretty much ever since. We, um, she'd never worked out in a gym before, and we facilitated that. She started working with a trainer, and to this day, she still has a trainer, which is amazing. And us being in the industry that we're in, we were constantly receiving this kind of feedback from her about her experiences. So she's like, oh, you know, um, I love my trainer, but I don't think she understands that I like to be sore after I work out. Oh, Okay. Um, or I love my trainer, but I don't think she realizes that, you know, I, I, I want to have a really good sweat or, you know, she's not doing enough balance work with me. So we would continually hear this kind of feedback from her name's Trish, from my mother-in-law. And, and we said, you know, well, have you, have you ever spoken to your trainer about that? Did you ever like give them the feedback? And she, oh no, no, I, I wouldn't do that. I'd be don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to, you know, make them upset. And so that is pretty much inherently what the issues are within the industry. So there's no feedback that trainers are receiving from their clients to help them continually improve their sessions. So they're making a lot of assumptions about how sessions should be done and then crossing their fingers and hoping that their client is happy. But if they had a tool which would make feedback a normalized part of that training experience, which basically would ask questions similar to, you know, was there anything you were hoping I would do within that workout that I haven't done? Well, maybe then my mother-in-law may have spoken up and she may have said, well, you know what? I actually really like to be sore after my sessions. Can we push a little bit harder next time? And if the trainers created that environment, it's okay. Sure, no problem. We'll do that next time. So trainers and part of creating that environment is having a feedback tool, which is continually improving that experience. So then, how do we? Okay, so we've given the trainers the tools to provide the environment, but how do we encourage the older adults to speak openly? to the trainer about what they really want. Yeah. So, again, it does go back to rapport and trust, making sure that the, the trainer has a positive intention, that they've taken the time to build rapport and trust, they've asked appropriate questions, and they're continually asking for that, that feedback. They need to be radically present and focus on delivering a great experience exercise by exercise. And that might mean asking even halfway through the session on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you with the session so far? Well, I'm a five. Okay, what would it take to make it a seven? Well, I'd like to do a little bit more cardio. No problem, let's go ahead and make those changes now. It's not too late to make improvements. So I think that, again, by the trainer being professional, approachable, credible, and being able to be radically present during that session, 
that's going to uh, allow the client to feel more comfortable and share their stories. I mean, there's some absolutely great tools of, of knowledge there, Melanie, that you've passed on to not just personal trainers but club owners as well. Now, you're obviously going to be at the Healthy Aging Summit. So before I – I've just got a couple of questions for you. My, my first question is – or actually, I want your feedback. How big – do you think the opportunities are there for the 45 plus market for new young people coming into the industry, but also older people like myself who are now moving into the next stage? How big are the opportunities for us to service this industry? Uh, oh, amazing, amazing. So this is a, a, a section of the industry which has largely been ignored in terms of kind of marketing, promotion, and, and offerings. And if there have been offerings, they're um, kind of marketed in a way which says, hey, you know, older people go over here, rather than including them in the mix um, they, you know, older people want to be part of the mix. They don't necessarily want to be um, isolated. They want to be respected. Um, and this market is growing. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. And the trainers that can tap into this are going to be very successful. Um, most older people have more expendable income. They have more time. They can be your ideal clients because they're, they're consistent. They've got that life experience. And believe me, once you do a great job with an older client, the, the word of mouth referrals spreads like wild, wildfire. I know it does even within my, um, my mother-in-law. So they're all talking about their trainers and expanding their networks. And um, it's a very um, active, vibrant group of people. And any trainers that can specialize in working with the older adults are going to be very successful. Now, you're going to be at the Healthy Aging Summit, and I know that anybody that's wanting to speak to you about anything that we've discussed today on the podcast, you're quite open to sitting down and chatting with them. What will you be doing at the Healthy Aging Summit? So we're going to have – so we're the, the, the primary sponsor, so we're going to uh, have a booth there. So if people are interested, they can come and chat to us. Um, I'm going to be delivering a presentation, which is all about – helping clients change their fitness story, which will be quite interactive and a lot of fun. And um, we're basically going to be sharing our knowledge and our expertise, and we're going to be providing some discounts on courses for trainers, particularly um, courses that we feel will help them engage with their older clients. Fantastic. Now, Melanie, as we discussed earlier on, the Healthy Aging Summit is in Brisbane, and it is uh, at the end of March. And as you heard, Melanie uh, will be there. She's speaking at the event and the Personal Training Academy is a premier sponsor. The guys have done an absolutely fantastic job putting this summit together. So do jump onto healthyagingsummit.com.au to purchase your ticket. Melanie, if anybody wants to chat with you before the Healthy Aging Summit, where is the best place for them to get a hold of you? Sure. So they can shoot me an email. It's mel at ptacademy.com. Dot edu, dot au. That's one way. Um, the other thing I wanted to offer all of your listeners is the ultimate client retention tool. So we spoke about retention being a big factor of a trainer's success, and we talked about that feedback tool. So I wanted to uh, make that available to all of your listeners as well. 
And I'll be dropping that link into the bottom of our podcast. And all you need to do is to click onto the link and that'll take you across to the, the landing page for those items. Melanie, it's been absolutely fantastic chatting to you today. I know that you're extremely busy, so thank you very much for your time. Um, I'll actually, I love the aging market. I love the opportunities that are available, not just for personal trainers, but for, you know, for club owners and for group fitness instructors. It's a market that is not tapped into, and I do totally agree with you. The opportunities are absolutely amazing, and for those that decide to get themselves educated in that area and then go and tap into it with some really cool marketing you guys are going to do an absolutely fantastic job at changing lives and creating obviously a better outcome for yourselves as professionals i'll drop melanie's details into the bottom of the podcast again thank you for your time melanie from the personal training academy thank you mel have a great day and i'll see you guys at the healthy aging summit you certainly will thank you